This reading serves as our sermon text for today, the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people from one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from his goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the internal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning, as Pastor Tig has announced it to you, is the gospel lesson today taken from Matthew chapter 25. Well, we've come to the end of the church year this morning, and this Sunday bears the title Christ the King Sunday because it focuses on Jesus' triumphant return in glory to judge the living and the dead. And so we have come also this morning to the end of this Made Right sermon series. The theme for this worship, The Right King. And so today I will tie together and put a bow on the top of all of that with this teaching. We are made right people who proclaim the reign of the right king, Jesus, who pronounces the final victory on those who have heard his message and believed, come you who are blessed by my Father, receive the inheritance prepared for you since the foundation of the world. This is what we're going to talk about today. We are made right people, proclaiming the reign of the right king, Jesus, who pronounces us blessed. So for 28 weeks, 
You have heard the refrain as we worked our way through the New Testament book of Romans, which is a letter that was written by one of the first followers of Jesus named Paul to all these little house churches in the first century capital of the civilized world. Romans, it is said by many, is the most dense and detailed explanation of the meaning and the purpose of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, ascension, and promised coming again in the whole Bible. And so Paul boldly announced his thesis, and then he proceeded to prove it using the rest of the Bible as his evidence For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek, for in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith, Romans chapter 1. He goes on then and he states the human problem and the only solution to it in chapter 3. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are made right people. By God's grace, that's His undeserved, unlimited love for us and for His whole creation, through faith alone, in Jesus alone, so that we can now say with Paul, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And as a result, Paul then challenged us in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world. Rather, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so with the bold confidence that we have, knowing exactly how our story ends, like Pastor Tig watching his precious Kansas State Jayhawks on replay, where he already knows they won, so that he can enjoy even the fumbles and the interceptions and the penalties. So we also live by Paul's closing words to the Romans in chapter 16. Now to him who is able, who has the power, the might, the strength to strengthen you according to my gospel, that is the preaching of Jesus Christ to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's to the end of our story that the text now stands before us with a parable that Jesus gives his first disciples and also then to us, we receive a tiny little glimpse of our future. So here's the second part of this sermon. We are made right people who proudly, publicly, and persistently proclaim the reign of the right king. That's Jesus. 
Now, to unlock the power of this parable, we have to look at it in the context of the whole account of Jesus' life recorded by another one of his first followers named Matthew. So I need to tell you that before I start this part of my sermon, that in our study of the text this week, I have become completely convinced that I have misread, misunderstood, and therefore mispreached and mistaught the meaning of this parable. Now, don't get too upset here because I have not been preaching or teaching heresy. It's just that I have not understood what Jesus was trying to teach us here. So let me show you. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus begins his public ministry with one little short sermon, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are used interchangeably and they both mean the same thing, namely the world made right by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone. A few chapters later, Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated all of the powers of evil, all of the brokenness and the corruption, all of the sin of all of the people in all of the world for all time. Jesus defeated death itself, and the irrefutable proof of his victory is his resurrection from the dead. The kingdom of God has broken into our world through Jesus. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends his chosen 12 disciples with this command, proclaim as you go, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. (laughs) And then in the final words to the twelve and then ultimately to us, Jesus issues a command at Matthew chapter 28. You all know it by heart. You can say it with me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So make no mistake, be absolutely clear on this point, that the primary, the most critical work for the followers of Jesus is proclaiming the reign of the right king, Jesus, that the kingdom of God, the world made right on earth as it is in heaven has begun. In Jesus, and that the only way out of the ongoing mess of this world is by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us to faith, to believe in Jesus. And that faith, Paul taught us, comes by hearing the message. So in the final judgment scene from our text for today, It makes absolutely no sense that King Jesus judges all people based on whether they took care of the most needy and vulnerable in society. 
which is how this text is most commonly understood and how I have preached it and how I have taught it for years. Now, before you get too nervous, please, please, please remember the Bible does clearly teach over and over that we are supposed to take care of the most needy and the most vulnerable in society. That's just not what Jesus is talking about here. So what's he talking about? Well, the answer lies in determining who is Jesus referring to when he says, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, the least of these brothers, you did it to me. Who are Jesus' brothers in Matthew's gospel? Well, first, nowhere in all of Matthew is the word brothers ever used to refer to the nameless, needy, and vulnerable that Jesus spends time with and miraculously heals. The only people that Jesus refers to as brothers in Matthew are those whom he has called to follow him and to proclaim the kingdom of God as at hand, that he is the Messiah, that he is the promised king who has come into the world to make all things right. Second, when Jesus sent out the 12 to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand, that the revolution against sin and death and the devil has begun in him, he declared, whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sends me. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is my disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Now what does all that mean? It means that the final judgment will be based solely and exclusively on whether or not a person has received and believed the message that the kingdom of God, the world made right on earth as it is in heaven, is ours only through Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. Now hold on to your pew cushions. Because the evidence of whether or not a person has received and believed that message is how they have treated and cared for the messengers who delivered it to them. The least of these, my brothers, is the first, his 11 disciples, renamed apostles, and then by extension, all of those who are called to publicly proclaim the gospel. Jesus so closely identifies himself with his messengers who proclaim this revolutionary message that the kingdom has come that what you do or fail to do for those messengers proves whether you have received and believed or rejected the message itself. So I have really good news for you this morning. 
this congregation of Jesus followers is a shining example of taking care of its messengers. Early on in its history, so profoundly concerned with taking care of those who proclaim the reign of King Jesus, back in a day when those messengers were often paid very little cash salaries and sometimes only with poultry and produce, who lived in a house that was provided by the church before there were pensions and social security, who when they could no longer preach or teach were penniless and homeless. Lutheran Haven was established as a place where they could go and live out the rest of their days. People take comfort this morning, take godly pride in the fact that to this day, you are part of a fellowship that takes good care of your messengers, your pastors, your teachers, your DCEs, your deaconesses, and for the past 30-plus years, received and cared for vicars, student pastors training to go and proclaim the reign of King Jesus wherever they are called. And then beyond this community, I wish that somehow I could sign every one of you up and take you to Latvia this summer to see the incredible work that you are doing to support Pastor Gusev's and the proclamation of the reign of the right king at Sloka Lutheran Church. Or hopefully, very soon, be able to take you all back to Honduras, where we have been working for nearly 20 years and are this close to establishing the legal entity of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Honduras with three mission sites and Pastor Junior Martinez as our missionary. Or Pastor Shusky who you all helped to send as a missionary to Trinity Lutheran Church in Frankfurt, Germany, or to Westfield House Seminary in Cambridge, England, that trains messengers from all parts of the world to go and proclaim the reign of King Jesus. And that on top of what I know many of you do privately and personally to support the work of ministry around the world. Finally, in a broad sense, then every one of you becomes a proclaimer that the kingdom of God, that the world made right, has begun through faith in Jesus. When your heart has been awakened to the power of life in Christ, and you go and you live out your faith humbly and boldly in your home, your workplace, your neighborhood, you are making it possible for your family, for your coworkers, for your neighbors to receive the message, to hear that ultimate blessing pronounced by King Jesus, come you who are blessed by my Father and receive the inheritance prepared for you since the foundation of the world. <laughs> and my dear, dear people, that inheritance is beyond your wildest imagination. In another one of his letters that Paul wrote, he said, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. 
We're not going off to exist in some disembodied state, disembodied spirits floating around on the clouds. We're not simply waiting to become a drop of water falling back into the ocean. We're not trapped in an endless cycle that goes round and round with the same things happening again and again, hoping that someday we'll get it right and escape. Look, our story, the Christian story, has a beginning a middle, and an end. And in the end, there will be a new heaven and a new earth where everything will be made right permanently and death will be no more and we will live body and soul forever in the face-to-face presence of God for which humanity was created. And because we are so blessed... We now live with one eye on the horizon, awaiting and expecting Jesus' return in glory to judge the living and the dead. And that, my friends, accomplishes at least five things in your everyday life that I will leave you with. Number one, it keeps you from being too distracted by the news and the noise of this world which is always threatening to trample your faith in Jesus to oblivion. Two, it will keep you vigilant in our purpose that we proclaim the kingdom of God, the world made right, and that it has begun even now through faith in Jesus. Number three, it opens our eyes to the eternal value of the whole creation. Because Jesus is not coming just to save people, but to rescue and to restore his whole creation. Number four, because of what Paul has written and what we read in this account... In one of his other letters, he said, Therefore, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. In other words, people, everything that you do by faith in Jesus matters for eternity. And finally, the promise that Jesus is coming again to judge the living and the dead will fan into flame your longing to be fully face-to-face present with Jesus in the new heaven and the new earth. Look, we are made right people proclaiming the reign of King Jesus who pronounces us blessed. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in this true faith to life everlasting. So our weekly awakening question, try this. How will you celebrate this week? How will you celebrate this week that King Jesus has declared you blessed? Blessed.